Hey, hey, welcome back to Parentheses, the podcast. My name is Belle, and this is the podcast where we dive deep into copywriting, marketing, business, books we're reading, all of the good stuff. And this week's episode is going to be packed. I have lots to catch you up on, uh, lots of things to share from what happened in February, lots to talk about when it comes to content, specifically, of course, Daisy Jones and the Six, which debuted its first three episodes last Friday. Lots to talk about there. And then also I am dedicating this um, entire episode on the more marketing and copywriting side to talk about how to write a services page, which is um, specifically a page that I do get um, a lot of questions about when people are trying to DIY their own copy or doing um, some of our copywriting editing services. Um, So having a full episode dedicated to how you can build out a services page that is going to convert those dream clients and bring more projects into your inbox uh, is something that I've wanted to do for a while and I finally have put it together. So very excited to get into that a little bit later in today's episode. But I want to start off with saying it is the first week of March um, and man, oh man, time is freaking flying. I was looking back on all of my goals that I had set for February and I got pretty much none of them done, to be perfectly honest. And I think we need to be honest about those kinds of things sometimes um, because uh, I did make lots of progress on some things, especially some boring things like, you know, getting my taxes done and stuff. But um, man, oh man, I had lots of like health health goals and some social media and content goals. And I just forgot how fast February flies by and I put off a couple things and then now I, it's March. So I guess we're moving those goals to March and, um, I guess I'll just acknowledge that I made some progress, which is great, but man, oh man, time is really, really flying by. So happy March, everybody. I hope you got lots done in February and had a great month and are looking forward to heading into this new month. Um, I myself have had a a wonderful kickoff to this month. Um, I went to some live music last week, which was really fun. And we had a bit of a gals night when Daisy Jones came out. I had a couple girlfriends over to watch the first three episodes of the new Prime Video show, based on the book by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which was super fun. And I'm excited to share more about my thoughts on the show in a second. Um, And then we're actually heading to a comedy show. I'm recording this um, over the weekend. So um, this is coming out on Monday. I'm recording this on Saturday. So we're heading to a comedy show tonight, which I'm also very looking, much looking forward to. Um, And got so much work done last week. Like it was such a work, uh, a work focused week, uh, which can feel really good every once in a while to really, really, just like get into work. So I have to say March is kicking off really, really well. I'm, I'm really excited about this month and I hope you are too. Um, I also wanted to share something that I was thinking about a lot this past week as we kind of head into this new month. Um, I had a lot of moments last week where I really remembered how much I enjoy the work that I do. And I think this is a, a bit of a um, a thing not we or we don't always think about when we are constantly working on these projects or you know whatever type of work you do, you constantly have more and more tasks on the go. Like the list just never ends. And I feel like that about working on our house too, or working on you know life. Like <laughs> there's always going to be taxes coming up, or insurance, or um, you need to fix a piece of furniture, or something goes wrong in your house, or your car, whatever it is. There's always going to be another thing in life, in business, in your career, and sometimes it is just so nice to 
sit in the wins that happen throughout the week. Because last week I had a couple times specifically where um, I had clients reach out and just, you know, say thank you for a project that we have finished that is really working for them um, or get excited about something that's coming up on our list of things to work on together. And it just really reminded me how much I enjoy what I, what it is that I do um, and how much of an impact things like um, copywriting and campaign messaging and an amazing marketing strategy strategy can really help a business thrive and grow. And when we talk about helping a business thrive, um, what I think of is that it's not just about helping the business thrive. It's helping the community that that business impacts. It's helping the people that get to use those services. It's helping the the families of the, the team that works in the business. So it just really reminded me, like when you help a business thrive, you help people, you help communities, you help families, um, and you help, um, yeah, it's just, you help people, I think more than anything else. And it just really reminded me that usually when we talk about the success of something like a marketing plan or something, we talk about numbers and revenue and all of that is so important and great, but really, um, you know, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, it is, you are helping people, um, and helping communities thrive. And I just love that so much. And I was reminded of that a couple times last week, uh, with some of the projects that uh, I was working on with some clients and it felt so freaking good. So just a reminder that I was feeling a bit overwhelmed with my to-do list on Friday because there was still a thousand things on it. And I just had to really notice and think to myself, um, just celebrate the win, celebrate what you did get done. Cause there was a lot of really amazing things that were accomplished this week. And there is always going to be another task. Uh, so we might as well enjoy the ones, um, that, uh, we have accomplished and just really acknowledge and celebrate them. So that was just a little thought that really helped me feel really good about that past week. Um, and yeah, I don't really have a segue. I'm just going to start talking about Daisy Jones because that's really what I want to chat about, um, for the content part of this episode. Um, and I was so excited about this show. So for anyone who maybe doesn't know, as I mentioned, Daisy Jones and the Six is a book by Taylor Jenkins Reid that came out in, I believe it was 2019, 2018 or 2019, I think. Um, And it took the world by storm. It flew off shelves. It was such a hit. It is um, loosely based on um, 70s rock bands um, and specifically Fleetwood Mac, who had um, obviously lots of amazing albums, but had, of course, a very, very big album, Rumors, where... There was a lot of drama happening within the band, a lot of personal um, relationships um, that were going on that really influenced this really incredible um, album that was kind of their biggest and and really, again, took the the rock and roll world by storm um, back when it was first put out uh, in, I believe it was the 70s was that album. So this uh, book is about a fictional rock band in the 70s um, that is made up of uh, a band called The Six and then a singer named Daisy Jones and they get together and write a song and a single and it hits number one and then they become a band um and then the the book is you know about uh it's like 20 years later or 10 years later or something um and uh, they're doing interviews about what happened through that time because the band had this really incredible tour and this really incredible album and then they split up and no one has ever talked about what happened. And so the book is like this interview style, documentary style um, way of writing a book. And it's uh, someone is interviewing all of these people who are in the band, the tour managers, all that kind of stuff to figure out what happened to this band. 
So it's a really cool book. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it was a five-star read back when I first read it in 2021, I think was when I first read it. And I was so excited that it was being made into a show. So it's a limited series. And um, one of the things that I thought was so incredible about it is that they had all of these actors come on to, of course, you know, be a part of the band um, and, and play in this in this show. But they all learned... Um, through 2020 when uh, filming was postponed, um, they all learned to play the instruments that they were supposed to learn how to play. Um, but initially they were planning on having it be a bit of movie magic. They weren't going to have, you know, everyone, you know, play the instruments exactly. But because again, filming was postponed through 2020, um, all of the actors learned how to play these instruments, um, learned how to sing all of this kind of stuff and actually performed a concert together, um, uh, back when they initially started filming the show um, a couple years ago. And then um, they put out a, a real album, the the actual album that this whole um, book and show is based on. They actually put it out and it got to number one on iTunes, um, I believe the second day it was released. So super cool. I just think it's such a neat thing when... Um, the marketing and the promotion around a show really matches the energy of the the show itself. And I think having them put out an actual album and put on an actual concert and all of this kind of stuff really does um, bring them together as a band and make it so much more believable when you're watching the show, um, which I think is so special in itself already because it's telling this really crazy, cool 70s rock and roll story. So anyways, as you can tell, I'm a huge fan. I'm very excited. So I invited some girlfriends over um, on Friday when the um, episode, uh, the first three episodes premiered on Prime Video and we watched and I loved it. I loved it so much. It's gotten really, really good reviews so far just from people uh, watching and experiencing it um, over the weekend. Um, and yeah, it seems everyone is really in agreement that this is a really wonderful adaptation. Um, I wanted to say a couple things about uh, uh, what I really liked about it though, because I think a big piece of it that I wasn't expecting is that I don't really care that not every single thing in the show is exactly from the book. So there's a couple things that haven't happened exactly the same way. Um, but what I really love about it is that the author was a producer on the show. And so obviously the author has kind of a vision of what this story is. And so anything that's been changed, you have this understanding that the author doesn't really think that that's drastically changing the storyline or the narrative or the themes throughout the um, story that she's telling. Um, so I actually really like that the author is so heavily involved because it makes these tiny little adjustments that they've made to the um, film ad adaptation. It makes it a little bit, um, makes it a little bit better. I feel like and it makes it a little feel a little bit, um, more understandable. Some of the changes. Um, so that's one thing is I love how, uh, close, uh, the author has been to this project. I think is really special. The other thing that I love is the music and the clothes, because this album has been on repeat in my house since it came out um, several days ago. And I love it. The album is so good. The music talent is really, really incredible on it. I don't love every single song. Um, 
but I do really, really love the album as a whole. And I think they did such a good job. And I'm just so impressed to know that not everyone um, who performs these songs are even musicians by trade. I think it's just really, really impressive. Um, shows their dedication to creating this whole world for the fans, which is really special. Um, and then the other thing is, of course, the clothes, because the style of the 70s and the filmography that they're capturing, these beautiful sets and these beautiful um, scenes in, it's just so incredible. So visually, the show is really, really beautiful um, and really fun. I think it really reflects the time period and really it puts into a visual format what I was picturing while I was reading the book, um, which is really cool. I think they've done a really, really good job on that. Um, and the last thing I really like is how many lines from the book, you know, when you read a book and it has these key lines that you just love, they just are so fun. They just add so much to the characters. They add so much to the story. You maybe laugh or you, um, you cry, you know, at these certain really sweet lines or, um, really cool, you know, comebacks that characters have and stuff. And I love how much of them they have included in the show. I think it's really fun to have it really reflect um, what the reading experience was like. Um, there's one part where Daisy Jones talks about this drink concoction she has in the mornings. She's a bit of a party party gal and she has coffee and champagne and she calls it an up and down or a up and down, I don't know, up or downer or something. She calls it an up and down, I think, is this drink combo that she has in the mornings. And she has this great line um, where she gets upset about being someone's muse. Um, and so just both of those two things together are exactly how they um, were said in the book. And there's these very key lines in those um, dialogues and they, they kept them in and it really makes it feel very connected to the book. Um, and I just really love it. I think as someone who just loves storytelling and loves um, 70s rock music, I just think this is such a fun uh, show and I'm really excited to watch the rest of it. Uh, the first three episodes were wonderful. And if even if you have not read the book, I would say this is still a really, really fun show um, and just, yeah, beautiful to watch and really great music and great acting. And I would just really recommend so that is that on the content side. Um, I do want to get into the big topic of today's episode, which is, of course, talking about writing your services page. So as I said, writing your services page is definitely something um, that can be really tricky because um, as a service provider, and, and just to be clear too, a services page can be adjusted a little bit for maybe a product page or an offerings page. Um, but just to be clear, I really am... Um, giving a lot of advice on this with services in mind. So it can be kind of adjusted uh, for things like products and that kind of thing, but um, this will especially apply if you are a service provider or someone who works in the services space um, and are looking for support on how to create um, a page that's going to increase your conversions and um, make sure that people are really, really the right fit when they reach out to you um, with a few of these tips. So let's start here with um, starting with the basics, because before we dive directly into sharing what to put on a services page, I want to talk about structuring like any website copy page. And what I find a lot of people will do is they'll, you know, write down kind of ideas of what they want to put on the page and then just start writing and they'll just put it into a template or pop it into an existing site they have. And they kind of forget to do like the the actual first step, which is to get really, really clear on a few key questions. And when you can get really clear on a few of these um, key pieces, it's going to shape a lot of what you're going to share. It's going to shape some of your messaging. It's going to shape some of the content you can share. Um, so the, the key things that you want to start with is take out a piece of paper, bring up a Google Doc, and 
just write down the answers to what exactly are you offering? So I know this feels simple and maybe you already have a services list somewhere, but what exactly is it that you are offering? And just have that as a reference point written down on a piece of paper. The next thing is who are you serving? So who is that dream client? And we're going to talk about dream clients a lot. Uh, Maybe I'll do a whole episode actually on dream clients and like how to build those out and how to know who they are and that kind of thing. Um, But your dream client is ultimately like that amazing client that is just such a big fan of your work. They're going to refer you to other people. Um, They're going to leave reviews. They're going to be, you know, pay on time, like (laughs) all these amazing things that we have as our dream clients. Those are the people we want to be converting on our site. Um, So we want to know who that is. So what are they like? What are they interested in? Um, You know, where do they live? All these kinds of things. So write down as much information as you can about who you you are serving, who your dream, dream client is. That's going to really, really help uh, with some of the sections, especially. Um, And then specifically about your dream client, you're going to write down what they are struggling with. So what is the key challenge that they're having um, and how does your offering solve the problem? So once you're clear on, again, those two things, what are they struggling with and how does your offering help or solve um, that key challenge? Then the last thing is um, writing down what success is going to look like. So again, these might seem kind of obvious. Maybe you think in your head, you kind of know the answers, or maybe you're like, this is just simple, but having it written down, I really do promise you is going to, again, make you kind of challenge your challenge yourself. First of all, to actually know, be really, really clear and be able to articulate it. Not just think, you know, in your head, I've done this with a few people where as soon as we get into some of these things, it is actually crazy how much more clear you can get compared to when it's just sitting in your brain. So having it down on paper is going to be really, really key. Um, but then also it's going to help build out some of the sections we're going to talk about. So you won't have to be kind of guessing or making it up as you go along because you're already going to have those basic uh, pieces already done. Um, that's going to help you build out some of these other sections. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is just that, um, this list that I'm going to go through today is definitely not an exhaustive list. So it's not to say that every single thing I mention on here has to be on a services page, like hundred percent, um, services pages are really, <laughs> there's no one size fits all. Like it's very much, um, you can create them to work the best for your business, work the best for your services, um, and for your ideal clients, but it's not <laughs> you following this list exactly. And like creating a page that has, you know, each of these things in this exact order is not to say that that is going to be the best way to create a services page for you. It really does depend on your offering, um, depends on who you're serving, um, depends on how much information they're going to need to make their purchase decision, all that kind of stuff. So there's going to be a lot that's going to tell you how you need to set up your page, um, and what kind of information include and all of that. If you do want more custom support on some of these things, you can always reach out to me. I am always happy to help support, um, see if there's something I can support you on, or even just point you in the right direction. Um, you can reach out to me at bellwhite.ca, as I said, um, a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to say, this is not to say like, follow this list exactly. And then you'll have a perfect services page. These are just ideas. And these are the sections that I use when I build out services pages to help, um, structure, what it is we need to have on there to help with, again, help with those conversions and help with converting the right people and the right projects. So just wanted to let you know about that, um, just to make sure you're not, again, following this to a T and then thinking that's 
all you need <laughs> to build out your services page. These are again, um, ideas and I'm hoping will provide a really, really awesome guide for you. Um, I do also have a blog post, um, that is going to lay out each of these sections as well. If you do prefer to read through some of this content, um, maybe listen first and then read or, or what have you, um, you're welcome to go to bellwhite.ca slash blog, um, and you'll find the post there. Okay, so let's start with the first part, um, and this is the above the fold. So above the fold is the part on your website that um, your reader is going to land on that they see before they scroll anywhere. So whatever you can see on the top of a web page before you scroll, that's what we call above the fold. So on a services page, I typically recommend having like one to two sentences that are going to really, really clearly explain what it is that your reader is going to get as they scroll down the page. So clearly saying exactly what um, they're going to find if they continue scrolling and catch their attention enough um, to encourage them to scroll, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of using examples instead of just telling you what to do. So I'm just going to give a couple examples. These are the same ones you're going to find in that blog post I mentioned. Um, but let's say you are a down to earth yoga studio, um, that is offering a whole bunch of different types of classes and you're kind of a local cute studio of refreshing brand. Um, and you want to have a above the fold, um, some above the fold text on your schedule page, because of course your services page, if you're a yoga studio are like your classes and showcasing all the options people can, um, come to yoga at your studio. So I would say for that one, um, and this is actually something I have used before for a yoga studio that I work with is love to move just here for Savasana. Our class schedule has something for everyone. So just in a couple really small sentences there, I've addressed the fact that if you scroll down, you're going to find our class schedule and you're going to find a whole bunch of different options depending on what you're looking for. Um, so it's interesting enough to scroll and it's clearly explaining what it is they're going to get when they continue scrolling down the page. Let's use a bit of a different example. Let's say you are a writing coach and you specialize in helping first time authors get their first book published. Um, this is what I would suggest for that. This is just an example again, writing, coaching, and editing to get your book on the shelves. Let's get you published. So you'll notice in both of these examples, again, I'm being really, really clear on what people are going to find if they continue scrolling. I'm also being a little bit interesting. I'm trying to get some engaging, um, some engaging uh, scrolls coming from that first initial reaction to the page. And I've also used keywords. So things like class schedule, um, things like writing coaching, things like get you published. These are keywords or phrases that are going to help Google understand how it should rank your page right? Where it should show, um, your page to people and what people might be searching if they're looking for, uh, this type of content. So using keywords or phrases that are going to be relevant to what someone is looking for when they're looking for the services options for your business is going to be really helpful there. So that's the above the fold piece. And as I said, a couple short sentences that get people excited to continue scrolling and clearly explain what it is they're going to be finding as they scroll down the page. That is our first step. Next up here is we're going to describe the problem. So I know some people really don't like doing this, but I actually find that 
showing you understand where your client, where your um, dream clients are, um, and why they might be looking for this kind of service. So being really empathetic and understanding and saying, I actually know exactly what you're going through. Um, that is going to help people want to, want to work with you, want to engage in your services, want to hire you. Um, so let's you go through a couple examples of what this could look like. Um, so a great example is just having a like small paragraph that literally explains what it is that person is going through. So let's use the writing coach example. Um, the writing coach example would be, um, if you're trying to describe the problem that they're going through and empathize and say, you understand, this might be something you would write. You could say, you've tried getting that first draft done and it's been months of staring at the page, not knowing how to formulate your dream novel. The ideas are there, but understanding the publishing process, how to pitch your book, or even how long this whole process is supposed to take, not so much. Or, so that's kind of one way you could do a paragraph and it really does get clear on here is what you are going through and we understand that. Or you could go honestly really short. I like to do this sometimes when I have um, a more minimal site, I like to have a question. So the question for a writing coach maybe could be, have you been drafting your first novel for what feels like a decade? So that's a great leading question. If someone relates to that, it means that you're going to have a little bit more buy-in for them reading further down your page. And also it's going to connect with them and help them understand, oh, this person understands what I'm going through. That's exactly what I'm, what I'm dealing with. And it's going to help you connect with the people who are going to best um, utilize your services and are going to get the best results. So after, of course, we've kind of clearly described the problem and you can do that in all kinds of ways, not just the question or the paragraph. You could have like, um, bullet points, like describing different things that people might be going through. Um, you can use like infographics. There's lots of different ways you can describe the problem. But once we've done that, we want to, um, share of course, what the solution is. So this is another thing I see on services pages a lot, which is thinking that sharing the solution is just sharing your list of services. Um, and that's obviously tempting and, and that is actually one of our, <laughs> one of our sections that we want to make sure is included in the services page, but sharing the solution is really different than sharing what your services are because sharing the solution is actually sharing what your dream client is going to get out of engaging with your services, not what the services are in general, but actually what they are going to get from them. What is the solution that they are going to get? So let's talk, let's use that same example of that question. Have you been drafting your first novel for what feels like a decade? This is where we would share that solution. Um, and the solution here's another, so here's the example I came up with time for a writing coach that can help you not only complete that elusive first draft, but also supports you through each step of the publishing process from editing to pitching, to selling, to promoting. So I've clearly now said, so if I'm a writing coach and I really want to help people who are in that very, very first novel, they want to create their first novel, they want to get it on the shelves, but they really don't know what to do. And they feel like they've been drafting this novel for forever and they're really looking for some help. I've now clearly explained what it is you're going to get from me. And that's even without showing exactly how we're going to do that, like showing the services themselves. Um, I've just explained what it is that result is going to look like or what success is going to look like. 
Um, this is a really key part and can actually be done several times through the page. So you can kind of present various challenges and present, present the solution a couple times through the page if you have a longer page um, or if you want to maybe address a couple pain points that your dream client might be going through, you could do it that way as well. Um, you could have several different you know pop-ups that people could move through. So there's lots of ways to actually do it design-wise, but we want to make sure at one point we share what the problem is and, and show that we understand what our um, dream clients are going through as they're reading through our site um, and then share the solution and what they're going to get from engaging with us. The next uh, thing on my list here is of course, sharing your actual list of services. This is like the most obvious one. <laughs> and probably if you have any kind of services page right now, you already have a list of what your services are, um, maybe what the starting at price is or what the price point is exactly, um, what it looks like, what you're gonna get out of it, what the timeline is, like all of that kind of stuff. You probably already have that. And if you don't, this is a great time to put that together and make sure it's all laid out nicely. Um, making sure people have lots of information about what each of the packages uh, look like. So you could divide them based on budget, based on timeline, based on um, how much they get out of the service. Like you can kind of divide them how you would like, but um, having them divvied up and um, put into a nice list format um, is really, really helpful, of course. Um, but I'm not going to spend too much time talking more about that because that, again, is kind of one of the, the basic pieces of a services page. And I want to share a little bit more about some of the other pieces of content you can add to this page to really help optimize that conversion um, and get you more of those dream dream projects uh, landing in your inbox. Okay, so next up then is testimonials and social proof. So we probably all know what testimonials are. They're, you know, reviews pretty much from happy past clients or hopefully past uh, happy clients. <laughs> um, we definitely don't want any unhappy testimonials on our site. Um, but uh, there are, you know, there's testimonials and that's awesome. And you can even have video testimonials. That's obviously even better. Video performs really, really well when we're trying to create some trust um, and verification to our readers. But um, there's so much more to social proof. And I'm going to list a few more examples, but uh, social proof itself is just validating what it is you are saying on your services page. So you read through a services page and this, you know, this brand or this business is promising you all this awesome stuff and you don't know whether to trust them or not, right? Maybe you have a personal relationship with them. Maybe that would be the trust piece and that's awesome, but not everyone who lands on our website is going to have a personal relationship to us and they might not even have a referral. Like they might not even have been referred. They might've just found us on Google. So how then are we, are they going to trust that what you're saying on your site is actually true? And so that trust piece is really, really strong when it comes to services. And one of the ways we can do that is by providing social proof. So social proof is just verifying um, through these a bunch of different types. You can have a bunch of different types of social proof, but it's verifying that what you're saying on your on your page is true. And we can do that, as I said, through a couple different ways. Um, I already mentioned the testimonials. That's obviously a very, very popular one. Um, another one is videos. Um, so any kind of video that is validating. So it could be um, like a before and after video if you do... Uh, interior design or construction. Um, it could be a testimonial video, as I said. So videos are really awesome for that. Um, a few other types could be data or numbers from successful case studies. So I don't know if you've ever been on a site where it's like, you know, over 5,000 happy customers or over 5,000 decks built or something like that. Um, so using data or numbers is a great one. 
Um, sharing logos of big brands you've worked with or where your clients have been featured. That's a very popular one for lots of um, creatives. Um, Another one is awards you've won or acknowledgements you've had, um, a portfolio to actually show your work if you do more visual work or um, things where people might want to actually look through the projects themselves. Um, So there's lots of ways that you can include social proof on your uh, services page. And this is so huge. The more you can add, obviously we don't want to be overwhelming anybody, but if you can add a couple different types and maybe you have some testimonials, then you also have some data, you know, in different ways on your site uh, page. This is going to be so helpful. And this applies to actually all the pages of your website, but your services page, especially people want to be able to see that what you're saying is true. And all of these um, are different types of ways you can do that. Next up is not something I would say is necessary for every type of service provider, but, um, the process of working together is a really, really um, nice uh, thing to have for a lot of different services, mostly because if there are things that your um, clients will actually have to do when they work with you. So for example, let's say you are a photographer and part of it is that you have an intro call. So, you know, Um, they reach out to you and you book, um, a 30 minute intro call so you can meet the bride and groom. Um, and you want to make sure that you are really clear about that. So no one is going into this thinking, okay, and then we just, we just book it and that's it. It's like, no, if there are certain pieces of the process, or maybe you have an intake form. Um, so whatever that looks like, just having it be really, really clear to your readers, what it's going to look like to work with you or what it's going to look like to book a package with you, book a service, book coaching, whatever that is. Um, that can be really, really helpful. As I said, especially when there are steps that your clients will actually have to take in order to move forward. Um, having people understand that is going to make the process not only easier for them, but also easier for you. So it's just a win-win all around. Um, so I do advise that. I think that can be done as a timeline or as a step-by-step or as a list, lots of ways to outline that. Um, but yeah, definitely a really good one to have, especially if your process is a little bit, um, more complex or has more steps. Um, and then the last one I want to talk about here is having several calls to actions throughout the page. So not just having it right at the bottom. I see a lot of pages where the call to action, like book now or, uh, reach out or contact us or, you know, buy now or whatever your call to action is. I see a lot of pages where it's just at the bottom and, or just at the top. Actually, I've seen it where it could be either one or just at the bottom and the very, very uh, top. And so you kind of lose out on this chance to have people, maybe, maybe they're reading through some of your portfolio and they're like, this looks amazing. I totally want to work with this person, or I totally want to get this writing coaching done. This is exactly what I've been looking for. If there is no call to action kind of throughout the page, it's just at the very top or bottom, you could actually make it harder for someone to reach out to you than you want it to. And that can actually deter people a little bit. Um, if again, it's a little bit confusing as to how they can connect with you. So I would really, really recommend having several different calls to actions throughout the page. This is going to help a lot with that conversion piece. Um, and just again, make the whole user experience, um, way simpler and easier, which is of course what we want. So, um, that 
is kind of my list. That's like the, and again, it's not an exhaustive list. In fact, in fact, I have a few kind of extras. I'm not going to get too, too deep into them, but a few, a few extra pieces that if you were wanting to add a little bit more content, even to your services page, um, these are some really cool ones that I've seen and used, um, for my own, uh, website and my own clients, uh, websites as well. Um, and that would be having a frequently asked question section. This is again, really helpful if your services are a little more complex or, um, you know, that there are some common questions you get often when people inquire, um, really great space to have that is on the services page. Another one would be any features you have, you've had in local publications so podcast episodes you've been on guest blog posts, um, any kind of magazine features or TV features or anything like that. That's super cool to put on there. That's a, another element of social proof. Um, links to any relevant blogs from your own site is also a great, um, way to kind of prove your expertise or showcase more of your case studies, those kinds of things. So just adding a little bit more content that way. Um, and then also one that I've started doing a little bit more on some more personal brand, uh, type sites, um, or type service providers is having a mini about section. So a little like here's, you know, here's about our team or about me or having that as a little uh, mini about section on your services page can be really cool. Especially if you get a lot of traffic to your services page, maybe people go there before they go to your about page and actually having a little bit information about you. Maybe they're going to work really closely with you. If you're, for example, a photographer or, um, a coach or something where there's a lot of, um, intimate one-on-one time, um, in that service. So having a little about section can actually be really, really helpful, uh, for those service providers as well. Um, okay. That was a lot. And as I said, you can see it all laid out in written form, um, on my blog, um, bellwhite.ca slash blog. So if you do prefer to read through that kind of information, um, you can go find that there, but oh my gosh, I hope this is so helpful. I love, um, writing website copy and having an amazing services page really, really can help so much with getting those amazing projects, um, coming through to you and building out your business. And as I was talking about earlier in the episode, that really does make such a big impact across so many people's lives and across communities. So, um, I just think it's so special to get to do that and having little things like optimizing your services page really help with that is so cool. Um, and can really make such a difference, which is so special. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you have a amazing, amazing, amazing week. And I cannot wait to catch up next time. Um, I'm really in my reading vibe actually, and I'm hoping to have some more book reviews for you next time. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, and if you have not shared this podcast with a friend yet, and you know, anyone who is interested in copywriting or messaging or marketing or business or books or anything, really some good chats on, 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 uh, um, every week on Mondays, um, please do share this. I am trying to focus in on getting this information out to anyone who is in need, um, of this kind of education around copywriting, marketing, messaging, um, because I just love it so much. And, um, I know it can help so many businesses. Um, and personal brands grow and thrive. So please do share if you know anyone who would find value and um, I will chat with you all next week. Have a good one.